Say this podcast. Is brought to you. By Ryan's company. By Ryan company. By Plane Productions. By Production. All right. Good job. All right. How about you go first? My name is Bob, and I'm an adventurer. <laughs> I love it. Hi, my name is Ryan, and I'm an adventurer. And today, I want to introduce you to the man who reframed what adventure means to me and actually made possible some of the most meaningful uh, conversations and moments of my life. That's not hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating. I have the receipts to back this up. But before I introduce you to him, I just want to give you a little background. Bob is an undefeated attorney, a law professor, the Honorable Counsel to Uganda. He has authored couple of children's books now, at least uh, two incredible New York Times bestselling books for adults and probably my favorite daily devotional I've ever read. Uh, he has founded both an airline and a network of schools and conflict zones across Asia and Africa and maybe further. Uh, several times over the past decade, he has pulled a vocational handbrake, an emergency brake, and quickly changed careers, which is what I want to talk to him about today. His lovely wife, Sweet Maria, adores him. His three grown children love him. And now he gets to be what he always wanted to be when he grew up, a grandpa. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds like a guy who should be a grandpa. <laughs> I got tired just hearing about that. I'm like, wow, I, I've, I've got all those initials behind my name, AD, HD, ABC. I, I've just got them all. And um, you have flags on your car. Yes, I do. They <laughs> come in some really cool license plates. Uh, I, I can't get a ticket. I could park on your lawn and not get a ticket. But here's the crazy thing. I think for each of us, we have many different gears. Like we have many roles that we play. Husband, wife, daughter, son, a nephew, niece, a teacher, student. So uh, mm. rather than settling in like a couple generations ago, our parents and their parents did, uh, we get to be many things. And I just want to be... Uh, many things well, rather than hmm. a couple things average. Um, <laughs> Which so can be hard be, to do sometimes. It is. I like, I'm a guy that like, I, I tend towards average. Um, my, uh, as much as I want to do things well, I feel this conflicted nature. Faith is a big deal for me. So I think in terms of, there's a guy named Paul that said, I have this like con conflicted nature. I keep doing what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I do want to do. I'm like, oh, buddy, you're reading my mail. <laughs> um, but so what do we do uh, with a conflicted nature, but a lot of exuberance? And what you do is you keep trying. Yeah, which comes easily maybe more for us who are Enneagram sevens. We tend to be enthusiasts and get distracted easily and go chase new things. Uh, one of the questions I have for you, one of the things that amazes me most about your life is this ability to go from a comfortable, safe place to quit something regularly and then to just jump into something not necessarily unsafe, but utterly new. Um, has that been true of your whole life or is that a muscle that you've developed over time? Uh, you know what? It's a little bit of finger memory because I've done something like something that felt scary the first time you did it, whether it was ice skating or skydiving, I felt <laughs> scary the first time, but the 20th time you've jumped out of the plane, uh, you're just loaded with anticipation to say, this is going to be a rush uh, for about a minute and 20 seconds of free falling, followed by a lot of floating, 
or about two minutes and five seconds of just free fall. <laughs> <laughs> and you will make your mark. Uh, it'll be a big one. Um, so uh, if we can use the best parts of finger memory on that to go back, I, again, this is, I'm just thinking in a book called Deuteronomy, they said, like, tell your kids what happened along the way. When you get up in the morning, when you lay down at night, remember, they did a lot of stone stacking back then. And it wasn't because they ran out of paper. It's just they wanted these monuments uh, to remember that this is a place God showed up. And mm-hmm. I, I see the greatest uh, strides forward in my life are, are when I was trying something new. Uh, <laughs> but you need to f- follow kind of the right monuments uh, in the High Sierra in California, where we live, uh, they stack uh, stacks of rocks. They're called Karens. Yep. Uh, the stacks, are, you've probably seen them. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so those are also, the, this is how you make a trail. But some people got used to these Karens. So they, if they were bored and having lunch, they would make one. So then the winter would come. And the oh, no. people would start following the wrong trail. They would think this oh, is man. a trail. It's just a board, bunch of bored people. And I go like, oh, therein lies <laughs> the difference. Uh, to live with the either intentionality or whether you're just doing stuff because you're bored. <laughs> so, so, so what think, have been some of the positive alters in your life? Like you look back and go, that's, that's a waypoint. I need to follow that. Yeah, one time is just being observant about what's going on around you. I'm a note taker. Uh, so I wrote down Karen's uh, intention versus board. And I'll remember later uh, uh, what we were talking about and why. Uh, but I think one of the th- habits that I've gotten used to is being super intentional about taking notes about things that you've said or I've said. And uh, all the people that made the biggest difference in the world take, took notes. Uh, Benjamin Franklin did. Uh, you know, Einstein took a couple notes. Uh, oh, even George Lucas. Uh, George Lucas was uh, writing Star Wars. And while at the same time, he was scoring American Graffiti. And when you're scoring a movie, you refer to it as by role and dialogue, like role 10, dialogue one. Uh, and so somebody was asking about somebody. He said, uh, they told him it was at role two, dialogue two. And I'm not kidding. He wrote down R2-D2. And that's how a little like Android got named. No way. (laughs) So what I want us to do is to take lots of notes. Uh, When they hear you, Ryan, say something that makes sense. Like, I want them to like, just take note of that and just Mm. say like, write that down, spin that puzzle piece and see how it impacts you later. Is that your form of journaling then? Yeah, yeah. So I would be like, I find writing to be very tedious for a guy who's written seven books. <laughs> so, but I've also got right outside my door here, I've got a KTM 500. And so what I do is I just, I'll uh, get my head down for 90 minutes and I'll just get on this dirt bike and tear it up. I'll just oh my goodness. Yeah. All over the Oaks or where? Yeah, the at the Oaks. So right now I'm in San Diego. So we got uh, lots of places in Point Loma to go out and just goof around for a couple minutes. But just that idea, it's this uh, intentional childlike faith, not childish. I know a lot of guys that are like that, <laughs> uh, but to just childlike to say like, I want to play a little bit. I want to get the juices flowing. I want to be curious about some things going on and how I might interact with that and what it might mean if I was really like more engaged than I have been. Hmm. One of the things I like, this is two conversations with you in a row where you wrote something down. I think the last time you wrote it on your hand, 
Yes, so you're going to totally. email it I'm to always, yourself. Yeah. I, and then I won't let myself bathe until I've like moved <laughs> it from my hand to a piece of paper somewhere, something that'll last a little bit uh, longer. And so if you start taking the longer arc of your life and to say, what'll matter, uh, you know, seven generations from now, uh, the Lakota Indian band did that. I was talking to a, uh, a, a rabbi friend of mine. And I, I said, like, what are, you, what are you aiming for in your life? And he said, I want to be a good ancestor. I, I love that podcast. A, that was great a great conversation. Reference. Like a good ancestor. Tell me about that. And he was telling me about the, what he had read about. So I started reading about it because I took notes on what he said. And so if we could just say, what do we want it? So, so I, I t- tease it out a little bit further. Seven, an- seven generations would be about 140 years. And so what is it that you want to do now that will actually last and loving people, uh, serving people? That's a a good thing, Um, but it wouldn't be a lasting thing. Uh, I don't know. Do you know any of your relatives from, I don't know, let's just say your great grandfather that I'm reaching back 40 years, not 140 Tell me about him. Yeah, I mean, I knew my great grandparents for sure. The the big controversy in our family is how we got to America. My grandparents are actually a little embarrassed about it. But uh, one side of the family, we came over as Hessians to fight against the Americans. And we liked it so much, we stayed. And the other side, uh, the guy was accused of philandering and left England to escape the consequences and change his name on the boat to try to evade any consequences. And so, yes, and the uh, guy sitting next to him was named George. And they're like, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, that's a fascinating. <laughs> I just listened to your uh, talk with the rabbi today. That was that was Isn't very that moving. Interesting. Good oh, answer. What if we said instead of like ancestry.com where you like, you know, hawk a loogie on the piece of paper and find out you're Irish, that but instead you just say, like, I really want to be a good ancestor. Um, mm. And uh, what if among the things that we do is we're really strategic about the things that we leave behind. And so I'm willing to do the things that are tedious, like write books, because I want my great, great, great grandkids that won't know who I am to actually know who I am. Then we don't have to argue about it. <laughs> so mm. One last thing. Um, yeah. yeah, how about you? Like, what, what are you going to do to make that happen? I think you're doing it right now. You have a podcast. You're encouraging people. Yeah, uh, I got a book say, coming out hopefully here in a few months. Uh, launch about the same time as the podcast. Yes. Um, the big change in my life is you and I have talked about offline. Uh, next Tuesday, if everything goes well, I will be officially a dad. <laughs> Come on. They're, yes. How cool they're going to put that? my name on my daughter's birth certificate, wow. which is just make crazy. Yeah, That's yeah. So terrific. I'm creating the ancestors to begin with, I guess. Yes. What well, best way to be an ancestor? Make more of them. So I one of the questions I want to come back to, we're gonna to get to the love thing, because I think you approach love differently than anybody that I know. And when I told people that I was gonna have you on the podcast, the reviews of your love is what everybody talks about. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to talk about my time at the Oaks and, and what you're doing. So before COVID shut down everything, you were a public speaker traveling the country all the time. Two months before that all went down, you just canceled the whole 2020, 70-some gigs and said, no, I'm going to do this Oaks thing now. So, like, yeah. where did that come from? And, and and how? I mean, I think I know, but go ahead and tell yeah, the people who are listening. Yeah, I think it's just the new day, new Bob. This whole idea that we could each be new creations and, uh, you know, the old has passed away and say, okay, who's about I'm not saying being flighty. I'm saying be intentional. So this is an, an example of flightiness. This is intentionality 
Uh, so you can have a plan, uh, but uh, what I want you to do is have a strategy. So this, <laughs> the plan is to be impactful to my family. The strategy uh, is to be available to my family. Mm. The strategy is to say, well, then what are the things that are taking me away? Uh, well, being in 110 cities every year. And so I just, Thanks, well, I could fix that. A couple phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That or one stroke. Um, I, I just thought the phone calls would be easier. And I just said, like, I'm out and I'm just going to hang out uh, at the Oaks. And that isn't being flighty. That's being intentional. Yeah, but I mean, that's a that's a huge shift. I mean, yeah, just from an income perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Biggest shift was uh, to sweet Maria, uh, which is like, you're going to be home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I'm uh, still I want to do these things that matter. I don't want to make it all about me. I turned 62 a week or two ago and I just announced to everybody I'm retiring. Uh, so I'm not going to retire someday. I'm retired right now. And I'm just going to do what I want to do. Uh, and that isn't going on this hedonistic bender. I don't want to play golf. I don't want to. So I'm just doing what I want to do, like getting time with a good guy like you, uh, oh, spending some time talking to some people who want to go deep with their family or their faith or whatever. Just like, hey, tell me about it. Writing a couple of books. But I say, what are the things I don't want to do? I'm not that keen about taking the garbage out, but I do it anyway because <laughs> I want to please Maria and the guy just That's comes on Monday and. If it isn't out, you know, it just won't go that great for anybody. Um, I want to get um, uh, even more creative with uh, ways to find people that are hurting. And if you see a headline, maybe you can do something about it. So see it, do it. Don't see it, think about it, because that's brain candy. Uh, and there's no indictment. I hear about baby seals and people clobbering them. And uh, like, it makes me sad, but I'm not going to... that. I'm not doing anything about it. And I don't feel guilty. I'm just so glad I could support people who are. But I heard about South Sudan and this uh, civil war that they're in the middle of. And it's always the kids that take a hit when the arguments uh, erupt from the grownups. And so uh, with a call or two, I did what we did in Somalia. I just chartered a plane. So we're going to go in May. And, uh, and we'll have uh, some of us on the ground calling in the coordinates where the food gets dropped and then uh, others in the airplane uh, in the hatch will drop down and we'll just throw it out the back, which is so fun on parachutes. I just said, I give you, I've got my skydiving license. Just let me go on top when the thing launches. I want to, yeah, with a GoPro camera, come on. Yes. Uh, So I want to be a little on both teams. So, but what's important is I'm not looking for a vacation. I'm not looking for a thrill. Uh, uh, God loves kids. He wants to feed hungry people. And I don't care who gets the food. I just want, I don't care which side of the conflict is getting it. Let's just get food to hungry people. Mm -hmm. And then instead of being the umpire call on balls and strikes, uh, just be the base coach, just helping people run faster. Um, So I think figuring out your role and for everybody, they might have a different role in this. And I just want to be involved. It sounds a lot like what you have been doing for a decade. So that's not a change for you. It's just a read a new strategy, as you say. I mean, you've been doing that up at the lodge. You've been doing it with Love Does and other organizations. Yeah, yeah. So we'll keep doing it. We're opening our next school in Afghanistan. Uh, It'll be our second one. It's on the border of Iran. It's between Iran and (laughs) Afghanistan. That'll keep you regular. 
So we'll there. <laughs> we won't make a big deal about it when we get there. Yeah, we'll yeah, for sure. Like we'll get there and do what we need to do and then uh, scoot out. <laughs> well, it's one of the things I've really appreciated about the work you've done is no, in a lot of situations, you're not taking pictures. This isn't on social. You're not doing this to be seen. You're doing it to do it. And I, I think that's badly needed in our generation right now. Part of there's some strategy behind that too, while faith is an important thing to me uh, in the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan, uh, it's a it's a, the death penalty to convert somebody. And I'm not thinking about for me. I'm thinking about for our courageous people that are just out there loving people without an agenda. And so uh, when somebody is off put in a faith community, because I don't have some Bible verse on a web page that's viewed by everybody checking our visas, um, I don't think <laughs> bad things about it. I just think like um, I like I get it. If I knew that little, then I might be upset too. <laughs> so how do you how do you recruit people to these? I mean, it seems like from me following you, each one gets a little bit more dangerous that you do. Yeah, well, it's not like a thrill seeking thing. It's just like I think the world is getting uh, a, a lot more on edge, and uh, the kids are always uh, taking the hit. And so if there's a possibility, I've just uh, bumped into a lot of really courageous people that are in those countries. If okay. it's Mogadishu, I've met, I know courageous people that are love's heroes that live in Mogadishu and they're from Somalia and they're going to live there. I was asking to one of the women that works for us, I said, so what do you think that your life will look like uh, by 40? Like, just tell me what you think. She said, you know, she looked so puzzled. She said, I've never thought about it. I don't think I'll be alive by then. Oh, and it wasn't like kind of a no drama around it. She just thought with the risk factors in her life and the way that she's engaged, she doesn't think she'll see 40. And like, wow, that's just such a different perspective for a guy who's 62. Um, mm -hmm. So I just uh, am- Or a guy who's 43. <laughs> yeah. So from thinking about these courageous Afghan men and women and Somali men and women, Iraqi men and women and- you pick the place in the Virunga jungle in Congo. Like we've just started school. Classes are going, five million are dead and classes are going. And I, I, I'm not there. I'm sitting in San Diego talking to you. So I just think that these courageous men and women, and if we can do something, but I want to actually talk about, instead of going across an ocean, what if we go across the street? Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a lot of, uh, things that, you know, uh, not just Jesus, but, you know, Gandhi, so many other people talked about just caring for the people that are right there. Um, and, uh, while faith is important to me, like I just, what's, uh, kids are important to me as well. Mm. Uh, like, uh, and then loving your neighbor, the widow that lives across the street that nobody's visiting, just make a call, uh, a washer car, uh, unless it's a convertible Porsche, then you can't <laughs> afford to scratch that thing. But uh, but make her a pie. And if she doesn't want it, I do. <laughs> I mean, like. If you're enjoying this conversation, you might enjoy the story of the last time I hung out with Bob in person. I won't ever forget that weekend. It left its mark on my soul. You can find that story over on my blog at explorance.org slash the oaks. Don't worry about remembering that link. It'll be in the show notes. If you'd like to receive my posts about physical adventures and spiritual explorations in your email inbox, you can subscribe at the bottom of any page on my blog. 
I also announce them in my Insta stories under the Ryplane Instagram account. That's R-Y-P-L-A-N-E. I hope my stories inspire you to chase your own adventures and explore the fascinating corners of your world. Bob's books have changed how I look at life and how I practically apply my faith to daily situations. I can't recommend them enough. Offline, Bob has spoken truth into my heart and challenged my assumptions. He gave me great advice while I was writing my book, and he's mentioned in several chapters. In short, I owe whatever Scared to Life accomplishes to him. And so, every penny of my author proceeds are being pointed to Bob's incredible organization, Love Does. Scared to Life is available in paperback at online retailers. You can find the audiobook version at Audible, iTunes, and the Google Play Store. Yes, that's my voice you'll hear reading it. If you prefer to read books on a phone, tablet, or e-reader, you'll find Scared to Life in the Kindle store and on Kindle Unlimited. If you don't mind, I'd love to tell a story about how you've done that with me. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're, we know who each other are. We, if we saw each other in the airport, we'd know. But um, I came out to the Oaks for my birthday last year. I think we were the guinea pig round, like the first one totally. served from the Dream Bank. And we were sitting around a fire waiting for breakfast. And there was a group of us there. And, and as I tend to do, I started talking about my travels. That's part of my identity that I'm working through, is detaching from that and attaching it to Jesus. But you didn't scold me for that. The way you showed me the way out of it was you kept asking me questions about specific people in my story that I needed to love well, difficult people, people I love and care about. And no matter where I went with the conversation, you kept bringing it back to the people in my life. And I have come home very, I think that was one of the things, many things that I got from those two days there was when I have a decision to work on my, for lack of a better term, my un-Jesus legacy or my Jesus legacy, I've decided to spend the time with the people and with, rather than work on the book or the podcast or whatever, when someone says, hey, I'm going through something, can we go for a hike? Uh, my buddies and I have started calling it sanity hikes, whether they're going through marriage problems or whatever. I, I have nice. them about eight minutes from here. And we just go, we sometimes we pray together. Sometimes I just let them let it out, you know, and we talk and it's come at the expense of income for me. I'm self-employed. It's come at the expense of working on my book or my podcast. But I keep going back to that fire and you asking the questions and going, no, that's, that's what I'm going to be known for. People aren't going to remember that I surfed in the Arctic. They're going to remember for the conversations I had with them when they were going through a tough stretch. Yeah. And I think it's really in the super practical things that being available, we don't want to be superheroes to our families or our loved ones. We're just trying to be available because that's heroic work uh, to go home as a mom uh, to uh, kids that need your attention and a husband, maybe for a husband uh, to return to your family uh, and to be fully there, not there and checking your emails, but just be there and to say, you know what? The sun's going to rise in the morning, <laughs> whether I work on this thing or not. And if, if the sun doesn't rise, you call me because I want to know. Uh, but <laughs> I bet it will. Uh, and if it does, maybe just cast a different cue on some things that maybe you'll walk away from some things and start thinking of yourself as retired and to say, I'm just going to retire from some of the things that have been distracting me, that these aren't mm -hmm. bad things. It's not a amoral is just distracting. And so I just don't want to do things that are distracting me. For some people, golf's distracting them. And for some, they get tremendous clarity. So I don't know, swing mm -hmm. the club or don't. 
uh, but find the things that help you stay on message with the people that you love the most. And if you say, I love God, then uh, then you'll uh, know whether you're feeling uncurated. It's not like prove it. It's like mm-hmm. that what you'll see are things that are consistent with that. Like I love Dippin' Dots. I love those <laughs> things. I, they cost more than drugs, but I just love them. Um, and I always seem to find my way to the Dippin' Dots place at the mall. You know, where you'll be doing one thing, I'll be like, I'll be right back. <laughs> They're keeping the mall open right now, I think. So do the things uh, that you love. And the corollary is if you say you love something, then I would do the things that are consistent. And usually mm-hmm. it isn't that you're feeling that conflict, like where we started, this like this tug between uh, my desire that I'm a uh, selfish guy yet that my desire to do things that are going to outlast me, which will be acts of selflessness. And so I don't realize those are in tension with one another. I want them to work cooperatively with, I see my desperate need to be part of an unfolding plan that God has. And I can do it by renting a plane. I'd like, let's get the plane. Let's see what happens. What (laughs) can possibly go wrong? And that's the journey I've been on too, is to combine, I mean, when I left the Oaks, I went, uh, what, 40 minutes up to Warner Springs. I don't know how far it was from you. And I did acrobatic or aerobatic no, flying. No, you did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so you glad. Do yeah, yeah. But what I've learned is, is that that's not, that doesn't have to be separate. That Like we, I can bring other people into the adventures and be cathartic. This past weekend, I took a group of my, my some of my best friends had never been snowmobiling. So I took them to Jackson Hole and just... I mean, ripped it up. We were doing 84 miles an hour Come <laughs> on, on the snow. It was amazing, jumping and whatever. And, yes. and the camaraderie, when we got done with it, one of the guys asked one of the wiser guys in our groups, like, hey, would you do my premarital counseling? And I told him, I said, if all we got out of this trip is you felt comfortable enough to ask Dave to counsel yeah. your marriage, that was worth it. And your marriage is going to be incredible because of his wisdom, you know? Yeah, so I, I want to take it one step further. It's easier to love people we love there's two categories of people that you love that impress me. One's real short that um, you have a habit of mailing people or shipping people cake pops or some sort of gift when they have a public <laughs> failure, including people you disagree with, like yeah. very much disagree with. What have you learned about the process of encouraging people you disagree with? Yeah, I think uh, it kind of levels things out. So there might be a little, I would imagine some confusion or to think it's like, <laughs> a gag or is this like a yeah, what's soft the catch? Kiss? Uh, like what's really going on? But if people get to know you as a really safe person uh, that you could invite somebody into something, uh, there was a couple of people that are kind of at each other in a public setting that everybody's kind of listening in on their argument uh, on Twitter or whatever it is. And so I just invited them separately to come with me to do something overseas. Uh, that would be a little bit, it'll make you pucker up a little bit. And they both uh, they both declined, but mostly they didn't decline because they're afraid to do it. They didn't want to do it with the other guy because they were kind of bent out of shape at each other. So what I just decided to do is I would lie from now on. I just wouldn't tell people <laughs> who's coming. Just me and you, buddy. And then, so I don't know, maybe I'll have to account for that later, but I want some people that are, overtly anxious about some things there. Most people that are really insecure or mean, mm-hmm. uh, they just think they're right. And so uh, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but it's coming across as mean. And I want to like not make being mean normal because then I just don't want it to yes, look sir. normal for That's people right. to be mean. 
And so what I thought I could do is if you're wired the same way, if we could just get them out of the, uh, the environment that they're in and give them something much bigger to worry about, then it would actually be less mean. I don't know. I'm just working on me. <laughs> I like that theory. So then taking it one step further, one of the stories of yours that I tell the most is uh, about the work that you've done in Uganda, particularly with the witch doctors. And I mean, these guys have harmed children in very despicable ways and you've prosecuted them to the full extent of the law and terminal situations, if you will. But Ooh, on the flip penalty. side of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the flip side of that, you're praying with them, you're studying the Bible with them, you're teaching them English, um, you're encouraging them with what days they have left, days that you help shorten. How does that work? Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing it. Well, there's no, uh, here's an overriding principle. There's no like love without justice, but there's also no justice without love. And so can we work both of those to say, yes, if you sacrifice a child, you will never be seen again. But at the same time, to say, uh, uh, what are the things that have gotten us here and what are things we could work on together to make future generations uh, not do this? I don't wanna circulate a petition. Just go get a conviction and 42 million people are gonna read about it in the papers. That would be a good start. Let's just take <laughs> yeah. on the first one and just say there is a new sheriff in town. <laughs> But that that seems like the easier part of it. The harder part for me seems like the, the work that you're doing after you've successfully prosecuted. Yes, these crazy. I bet we have 250 witch doctors in our witch doctor school oh right gosh. now. And they got more toes than they got teeth. They're pretty, <laughs> they're pretty out there. Um, but the kind of the cool part, we'll go and graduate a bunch more uh, uh, real soon when the flights open up. And, uh, and it'll be a really beautiful celebration because we'll take time to get to know their name. There was a, uh, uh, there's a zip line kind of, you know, ropes course in a field uh, or a forest. And I'll take these witch doctors with me to the, to the ropes course. We'll get way up high on the tallest tree. We're probably 150 feet up. Oh, wow. and, uh, and they all have harnesses and all that. And they're all roped in. And I'll actually unclip their harness and I'll give them a push. <laughs> And they'll be like, stop pushing me. I'm like, stop scaring people. You stop scaring people, I'll stop pushing you. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So, but the crazy part is I know their name. Mm -hmm. uh, and nobody else knows their name. And so there's something beautiful about somebody taking time to know somebody's name. And I think there's a lot of people with opinions that want to, like, download all the opinions of people. But they haven't taken time to know their name or hear their story. And uh, there's some friends that are like all over the papers even right now that uh, people are, uh, they've done some bad stuff. They screwed up in a big public way, but um, I just wanna get to know their name. And the crazy thing is that the promise that I attach to is that God calls us beloved. He doesn't mm -hmm. call us screw up or, uh, you know, of the many things that we could be appropriately accused of. Uh, he's not an accuser. And the mm. person pointing bony fingers at you, uh, that is not Jesus. <laughs> There's right. some other likely candidates, uh, but uh, that ain't Jesus. He's not an accuser. And so exactly. I want to think of the accusations that we make to other people and all that, that like be like Jesus, be like, that ain't being like Jesus. Uh, he would move towards somebody that had just messed up in a big public way. Uh, he wouldn't put a tabloid story about it. Uh, and if there was a tabloid story, 
then he would find out who that was about and he would go find them. He wouldn't go argue with the editor. He'd go find the person that ended up in front of their family, embarrassed yet again. That's who mm -hmm. I want us to be. Do you think because of that uh, modus operandi, if you will, that people give you more grace too? I would think so. I'm just trying to be the balloon guy. Like I don't want to be distracted by all the crazy things. And I need a ton of grace because I'm just like, you know, a guy that's just trying to figure things out like you, like everybody else. But I don't want to be like the guy that with all the opinions. Um, I've met a lot of people in my line of work, uh, whether it's uh, practicing law or doing some nonprofit stuff that they have opinions or like, you know, when helping hurts and all that. I'm like, I always thought helping helps, uh, but I get there's a higher level and I'm just a more of a meat and potato guys. I, I imagine there's some wrong ways to do it, but uh, scaring people off from helping people isn't the right way to do it. Because <laughs> I mean, who wants to hurt people? Like nobody that is worth knowing would want that. But I don't want to scare people off because they're afraid because I'm so high-minded about, well, this is the only way you can really properly help people. Like that just seems so lame. Or if someone's making their first courageous step towards conversations about racism or their first courageous steps towards same-sex attractions conversations or whatever that is, rather than getting everybody all off message by saying, well, you've done this wrong and you haven't got this figured out and you should really be like, why not just say like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, what's What are you learning? Like, what are the things that you found to be true and who's been teaching you? And maybe I'm looking at different stuff than you're looking, but to take a genuine interest in other people, like that's where all the good stuff happens. As my little buddy mentioned earlier, this podcast is sponsored by Biplane Productions, a company that builds direct mail and social media campaigns for adventurers in the auction industry. If you're not an auctioneer, thanks for listening to one of my favorite tax deductions. If you are an auctioneer, find out why more than 200 auction companies have trusted me to advertise almost 9,000 auctions across 49 states and seven foreign countries, winning more than 250 industry awards in the process. If you'd like my help, click the big orange button that says, Get Ryan's Help, at the top of the page at www.biplaneproductions.com. Yeah, so I, there's so many stories we could go. We only have a few minutes left. But I was just reading Jim Gash's blog post about how you gave him the door that you yanked off the children's <laughs> prison. Can you just, brief, if in a minute uh, and a half or less, could you tell a story about how that came to be? I'll trust you that Jim said that because I wouldn't tell anybody about it. Um, but yeah, we just, uh, there was a prison in Uganda and they had all these young uh, men in there and we found them and we're like, this is crazy. They let them outside like a couple hours a day and they give them a plastic bucket to do their thing in. And, and these are kids. And they, they had never been to trial. They weren't convicted to anything. And so uh, Jim Gash and some other guys heard about this. We were talking and they went over there and uh, they just got them out. It was awesome. And so I was just, we got a couple people out uh, as well. And uh, and so I was just so mad that they kept these kids in the jail. We just ripped the doors off. 
like, whatever. And then we uh, put him underneath the, the hold on the airplane and uh, no, shipped him back. back. Like, how many pieces of luggage? I'm like, well, one large. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a light packer. So, yeah, that just makes me so pleased that a guy like Jim that cares for people. He's a guy that was a professor, now runs Pepperdine, and he would memorize the name and all the details about every single student in his class. Isn't that wow. crazy? Before, wow. when they would show up on the first day of class, he would say, I know this because my daughter-in-law is one of them. He, he called on her, Ashley. And, and she's like, what? Out of a sea of a hundred law students, you like, Ashley. Uh, and uh, it was Ashley Cook at the time. And she said, Ashley Cook, tell me, and he said like, well, so what's it like uh, transitioning here from UCLA? This wasn't a card trick. He knew every single face because he'd memorized every single name and he knew everything there was to know about him. Wow. And that is just a person that cares. That's and right. I just want to be around that in the same care that caused him to do things magnificently for a kid accused of murder to get that kid to medical school, to get the kid the story that Jim tells in his book about that is just magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So one last question. This is a question I ask everybody offline in my travels and definitely I'm going to try to uh, ask everybody that's on the podcast so far. Everybody that's an adventurer and, and there is no getting around the fact that you have an incredible amount of adventures, um, but almost everybody has one still on the list that they haven't done. What is an adventure on the list that and you look at it and it's man, someday I, I got to get that one off the list. I want to accomplish that. What's, yeah, what's you know, one of that for you? This sounds so crazy, but I've been reading Peter Pan, uh, okay. and he's such an amazing the theologian, uh, Barry, who wrote that. And uh, Peter Pan, or it was I think it was Hook, saying that death would be our greatest adventure. And I, I want to live to be 140, uh, <laughs> bare minimum, uh, but to be right now doing the things that will actually outlast me, to be, I don't care if you're 20 or 120, to be doing the things, what are the things that will actually outlast me? And, uh, and it won't be big and great and involve having your mug on some South Dakota cliff, uh, but to instead to say, actually what I wanna do is leave behind some evidence that I was here. So for me, for a guy who writes books, words come easy. And so I wanna like write some of those down. So I'd say if you're listening and that resonates with you, to write some words, you did. Um, so like, why not do that? Cause it'll actually outlast you. That's the next, my big adventure. It's going to be a long time from now, but that's the one. Uh, so I'm going to rep your book and everything here as we close, but I just want to tell you that you're doing that even remotely in my life. And I don't know if you remember this moment. So the second night at the Oaks, when we were there, you brought us down to the stables, uh, Megan Tibbetts, you had her playing the harp and it's just beautiful tables. The horses are behind us. We're watching the sunset over this gorgeous vista. And I look up, I'm at a table of all women who are older than me, which I, I love to do. I love to get wisdom that way. And they all look up over my head and I couldn't figure out what it was. And you were standing there with your hands on my shoulders and you were praying over me. And you never told me what you're praying. I'm not asking. You may probably never uh. remember, but it took me back to when uh, Randy told you I'm with you. And I, I came home wanting to be with people to figuratively put my hands on their shoulders, or sometimes literally putting my hands on my shoulders. And so yeah. your legacy is living on through me, man. And I, I can't so thank you enough. Oh, I'm grateful. Well, man, thank you for the time. Great talking to you and just keep leading with love. You're good at it. 
All right. Hey, let me just read off the blurb I've got for you here. Uh, Bob's got, as he said, seven different books. We're going to put links to his books in the show notes. Um, if you get a chance to go out to the Oaks or to any of his other Dream Big framework, definitely do. I've been to all of the above and I've always come back changed. And my family has noticed a difference in me. It will change your life. Uh, also follow Bob on Instagram. He's got a blue check. Not that that makes him more important, but that's how you find him. He's at Bob Goff. Uh, one of the things I love, Bob, is your Instagram is both challenging and inspiring. Like it's not just sugar. It's also some spice. And uh, I just can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. Today. Oh, thank you. Boy, my honor. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Wow, you're like a professional podcast listener. If you like the interview you just heard, somebody else probably would too. Share the love by helping this podcast climb the rankings and be found by more people. Head over to iTunes and leave five stars and a review. As a thank you, I'll share my favorite reviews on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, you can follow the show there at Everyday Adventures Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ryplane. That's R-Y-P-L-A-N-E. Now go out there and chase your own adventure, and I'll meet you back here for our next episode. Next episode.